shit. Here we go again. are back on the road to glory i am your host sean joined as usual by my boy co-host steph steph was good bro you back again another day closer to saturday like you like to say um and i'm excited man yes sir all right um this is gonna be our preview episode as usual We're gonna highlight some of the top games throughout the week some of the games that we find interesting um mainly within the top 25 and the, the, the power five level. And then towards the end, we'll scan over some of the G5 games that we're interested in and talk a little bit about those as well. And I don't know, is there anything, any topics that we really need to go over outside of actual football being played this weekend? We talked about Michigan. Um, I haven't really been on Twitter much today, so I haven't seen anything, but we'll get into that if you find anything. Um, but yeah, man, big week, big week for me in specific. It's Florida Georgia week, uh, the world's largest cocktail uh, outdoor cocktail party. Let's talk a little bit. Of, actually, I want to start with the conversation here. Let's talk a little bit about like uh, your favorite rivalries um, when it comes to games. Like I, I really do rate uh, Florida Georgia and Texas Oklahoma. I rate those two pretty high, especially because they play at a neutral site. I do, I do like those home and home neutral site games, but. I've always been jealous of the home and home atmosphere. Like I, I would love for Florida and Georgia to go to each other's stadiums and play in Sanford for Georgia to come and play in the swamp. I think that'd be dope. Um, so we don't get to see that, but what are your, like, I guess what are your top three or top five college football rivalries? Um, I think my top five would probably have to be Michigan, Ohio state. Number one, I think Texas Oklahoma might be number two. There might be something I'm missing. So, so if mm-hmm. I'm forgetting yeah, something, yeah, this, this is off the top of your head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's I'm what I'm saying. You can just float a few out. It doesn't have to be like an exact yeah, order or anything. Yeah, so but. you know, I want you to say some others in case I'm forgetting. But definitely Texas Oklahoma, probably the Iron Bowl for me at least. Mm. Like I remember years when when Auburn's good and right. and and Alabama's good, and then there's years like the kick six and all that. Like those are some legendary games. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, my personal – for my personal team, Oregon, Washington. Washington, right. It's funny because the traditional rivalry, at least historically, was or, was always Oregon, Oregon State. I mean, that's who we play on rivalry week. But yeah. uh, Washington, at least in, in the years that I've been alive, Washington has become the premier rivalry. That's always cool um, to see. I, I've – I don't mean to interrupt, but I've kind of found that similar with Florida growing up. I always look at mm-hmm. that Tennessee game as one of the bigger rivalries. Obviously, the Georgia game was always important, and the Florida State game is that rivalry week game, but it was mainly Florida State and Tennessee. And then as the years have passed, it's actually more like a Georgia-LSU. Florida State's been better recently. I always hate Florida State, so it's always great. But, like, Tennessee has definitely kind of moved to the back burner. So I kind of know what you mean by it kind of morphed since you've been watching. Yeah. So I guess that's four, and then five – I'm going to have to say, say, I wish that USC-UCLA was a big rivalry or something like that, but <laughs> there's probably something in the SEC. 
I'm like I'm probably gonna have or I'm probably gonna have to go with with either Florida, Georgia, or maybe Florida, Florida State. Like I remember games, some some big legendary games in those two. So if there's anything yeah. I'm forgetting, then um, you know, of course we grew up with the backyard brawl. Um there's Great even game. other ones like Penn State, Ohio State. Yep. Um, USC, Texas. Right. Like you said, Florida, Tennessee, even Bama, Tennessee. Tennessee, Alabama, Alabama, yeah. LSU. Yeah, yeah, you see, now that's one I that I would put in my in my top five. That I'm yeah, that, that would definitely Bama, be in my top five as well. Yeah. Bama, LSU is always a banger. A Honestly, banger. it doesn't yeah, even yeah. matter how good the teams are, whether there's championship implications. It's always a dog fight. Yeah. So <laughs> I got to put Bama LSU in my top. Wobbles. Like Clemson, Clemson, um, South Carolina is a pretty underrated mm-hmm. rivalry. I feel like all the big three, Miami, Miami, Florida State, Miami, Florida, mm-hmm. Florida, Florida State, Florida, Miami. I love all those games. So, yeah, no, rivalries are definitely cool. But, yeah, it's, it's a big rivalry week for me. So that's just what was on my mind. Yeah, I've been, I've been meaning to ask you how you feel about the neutral site because I heard – that they're thinking about making that game a home and home in the future. So, <laughs> so I mean, would you, cause you, you've been to the cocktail party before, yes. right? Yeah, I have been. Um, so I actually, I heard that they're going to be doing some upgrades to the Jacksonville Jaguar stadium in the upcoming years, maybe 2025 or 2024. Um, so I think it may go to a little bit of a home and home for those two years while there's going to be some upgrades done mm-hmm. to that stadium. Um, now, there also was a chance that it could just become a home and home, but I know if you ever been to Jacksonville, there's not much. No offense to anybody that's from that city. <laughs> I've always not, heard that, but I've never stayed yeah. there myself, so I can't say. Yeah, they have the beach, right, and and they have the stadium, but even like around the stadium area, it's not the nicest. Like, there's not there's some areas, but so that's like their big thing where they make all their money every year is the is the cocktail party. So. Um, I think they really are going to try to hold on to it as long as they can. Mm-hmm. They pay a lot of money to each university to play the game there. And it really is dead smack in the middle, I'm pretty sure, of the of both schools are pretty close. Like, Jacksonville yeah, is pretty is. close to Georgia, surprisingly. And Florida is pretty uh, – or is in Gainesville, which is a little bit more like Central and, and West near Auburn and Alabama. But, um, no, I, I would love the home-and-home home personally. I liked the neutral, how it was like split down the middle. I think if they're going to keep it, they should bring back the color versus color. It should be blue versus red yeah, every year. That's what they should do. Yeah. They, I saw a post about that on Instagram not too long ago. I'm like, why'd they stop doing the red and blue? Yeah. It needs to be color versus color every year. Um, now it's home and away. This year we're the home team. So we're, we're wearing blue. George is wearing white. I'm pretty sure whatever color they're going to wear, but I would love to do the blue versus red every year. Uh, but yeah, home versus home is definitely what I would like to see. But I don't mind. I don't mind the the neutral site. It, it kind of sucks because we're not allowed to recruit that weekend, right? Both schools lose a recruiting weekend because you're allowed to host recruits there, but they're not allowed to have contact with the coaches. So like, right, Florida's right. the home team, so we're allowed to have visitors, and we're gonna have a whole bunch of visitors for the Florida. But technically, I don't know if they're really gonna be able to meet with the coaches. And now, obviously. There's loopholes, and I'm sure throughout the weekend they will have some contact, obviously, but maybe not. But don't you I don't know. still don't you still get your seven or eight home games every year anyway? Um, 
I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I know it is a, a, a talk about Gator Nation. It's something they complain about. We definitely lose a recruiting weekend. Um, I will say we probably still maybe have the amount of home. I don't. I can't speak for it to be honest. I don't know. But regardless, I love that rivalry. You know, I'm biased. Florida. That's the thing about Florida. We have so many rivals. Like my top five could just be all Florida games. And <laughs> <laughs> like we have See, so every. I don't know why we actually... have so many. If the Pac-12 did the right thing, I could say USC was a big rivalry for me. But since we don't play every year, and then half the time USC wasn't good, it was not really a rivalry. Yeah. So, but yeah, I got Florida, Florida State, Florida Miami. That's just two rivals in the state. Those are those are big. And you can even and UCF is not even a rival, but they're annoying. So like I was about I'm to say UCF, man, they're not a rival. First they're of all, that's the that's the best program in Florida. Put some respect okay. on their and name. They man. haven't even won a conference game. They're the worst program in Florida, actually. FIU is probably better. FAU is also better <laughs> than them. So, anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, so that's just two. It's South Florida and then, too. I have, and then I have, yeah, USF definitely. They almost be Bama. Um, <laughs> and then I have Georgia, Tennessee, um, and LSU, who we play every year. So that's three more. That's five right there. And then you can include yeah, Auburn, which used to be a, a yeah. Auburn used to be a big Florida rival. Kentucky's kind of morphing into a rival now. Um, <laughs> South Carolina thinks they're a rival, but they're not. So I don't even know if they think. Uh, maybe I'm just fooling myself. But all right, that's enough rivalry talk. We'll talk a little bit more about that Florida Georgia game in a second. Um, but before we do that, let's look at some of these Thursday and Friday games. Thursday night we got Syracuse versus Virginia Tech. Um, some power that's a big game, action. low key. Yeah, that's a big. Those both of those teams are trying to go bowling. Virginia Tech looked terrible to start off the year, but then they started winning some games. So, you know, those those are two teams that that really need that win to get to six and six. And um, and then Friday is actually some G five. It's it's Florida Atlantic and Charlotte. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that Liberty West Western Kentucky game real quick before we get started? I'm sure you, you checked it out a little bit, or did you not get a chance yet? Um, yeah, I did. I did. I mean, look, Liberty is just yeah I'm a, a way I, better team yeah, in every okay. way. Um, their offense is actually kind of fun. They're running some some option stuff. Their quarterback is really athletic. He's a great runner. Um, so he's not he's not the best passer, but 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 he. He makes up for it with his running ability, so they have a really a really tough offense to stop. And like I said, they're just they're just better than Western Kentucky. Um, so and it, and it really showed. They 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 won pretty comfortably. Um, Western Kentucky tried to come back pretty late, but it was it was too late yeah. by then. So, all right, let's get into Saturday. Um, Florida State they take on Wake Forest. They're on the road, 12 p.m. ABC. They're favored by 20 and a half points. Florida State's been in spooky games all year. Wake Forest is not the Wake Forest they were when they had Sam Hartman. Obviously, they're one and three in the ACC so far this year. Um, I don't expect much of an issue here for Florida State. I think they moved to eight and zero. I'm assuming you agree with me. You think Wake Forest covers? Probably not, right? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I don't know much about them. I like their coach though, Clawson. I'm pretty sure their head coach. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad coach. Um, over on Fox at 12 p.m., we have Oklahoma on the road taking on Kansas. Now, this is one of those games that we circled on Oklahoma's schedule. Um, we mentioned they don't really have the toughest 
stretch to end out the year, but they do have a few games that could get tricky. And uh, this is the first one. They're on the road at Kansas. Um, is Kansas healthy at quarterback yet? Do we know? I feel like we, I should know that, but I don't know. I haven't heard anything. You know how college teams are. They never want to yeah. say, say if somebody's healthy or not. So, Well, do you think it matters or do you think – because we saw last week Oklahoma at home struggle against UCF. Now, that was probably UCF's best game they played all year. Um, they got their quarterback back healthy. Uh, John Rice Plumley, he had a pretty good game as well. Mm-hmm. The defense finally made a couple stops. Uh, Kansas, uh, they've been a team that we've seen over the past few years really start to be a serious program instead of the worst school in football. They were literally the worst for many, many years. So um, it's cool to see them be a competent program. Now, obviously, had a few L's on the season so far in Big 12 play, one to Texas and one to Oklahoma State. Although the Oklahoma State game was pretty uh, competitive and like I said they had a backup quarterback so depending on the quarterback health what are you thinking about this game the spread I'll give you is Oklahoma is a 10 point favorite on the road so minus 10 Oklahoma man I think this one I mean I don't want to say it's a trap game I feel like they just kind of had a trap game but yeah, Kansas is capable of, of making it scary but I don't think that it'll be that close this time. I think I think they had their scare. They're probably going to come out fast the second time. So I, I think I think Oklahoma wins this one pretty comfortably. Yeah, Oklahoma's run defense has been pretty solid all year long, and um, like I said, Jason Bean is a talented quarterback. But um, I think if Kansas really is going to want to win this game, they're going to have to run the ball and. Oklahoma stout run defense, I think, is going to be able to gobble that up. Pause. <laughs> I don't know why I chose that up. I don't know why I chose that word, but they'll probably be able to. <laughs> they'll probably be able to stop Kansas rushing attack, and then then you get into a shootout. Kansas wide receivers, they do have a pretty talented wide receiver room. They do. Um, and I know Oklahoma. Uh, they had a they had an injury, and they've been looking around to see who that guy is going to be. Nick Anderson was the guy last week. He stepped up. I think he had like two touchdowns or he's had like eight touchdowns on the year, actually. Um, but he's had a, two touchdowns last week. Um, so we'll see who who the go-to guy is for Oklahoma on uh, Saturday. But I think 10 points is, is about right. I think this will be a close game. I think Oklahoma maybe wins around a touchdown, field goal, somewhere around there. Uh, definitely not a, a – a, a trap game, so to speak. A trap game is like a team that you probably expect to beat. Obviously, Oklahoma's probably expecting to beat everybody, but Kansas, they know, is a real team. They're going to have to play uh, good football to win. So, still, this should be an exciting game to to watch. Um, although that Texas game kind of got out of hand uh, for Kansas, and Oklahoma did beat Texas. We don't like transitive property on this podcast, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe things can get ugly. Um, Penn State, after their loss last week to Ohio State, they're at home uh, taking on Indiana, um, who we salute for losing to Rutgers last week and giving them their bowl eligibility. (laughs) So hopefully Indiana wins this one, to be honest, or or at least covers. Uh, Penn State's favored by 32 points, though. This is probably a a get-right, beat-the-breaks off of Indiana game for Penn State. Um, We move. Unless you have any comments about Penn State. No, not really. Okay, uh, 
Maryland Northwestern is also on the Big Ten Network at 12 p.m. Uh, both of these teams are still trying to play for some bowl eligibility. Uh, Maryland at 5-2 and two, only needs one more win. They should be able to get this win here against Northwestern. Although they're on the road, but they're a two-touchdown favorite on the road. Some, You got something to say? Or, no, no. You go. Some SEC action um, over on ESPN. South Carolina takes on Texas A&M. A&M's favorite by two scores, 14 points, 14 and a half points. You think um, Shane Beamer gets fired if they don't win more than I – mean, like, what, what, are, what are you thinking about for South Carolina right now? Like they're 2-5, and 1-4 and four in the SEC. They have to play Texas A&M on the road this week. Um, then they have Jacksonville State. Should be a cupcake, but Jacksonville State we know is a pretty good G5 team. Yeah. Then, then they get Vandy, Kentucky, and Clemson. So what are realistic expectations for South Carolina to to close out this year? I don't expect them to win this game. I mean, maybe you have a different opinion, but. No. I mean, look, I think at a school like South Carolina, you're probably going to have years like this where mm. All right. you just ha- you just need years where you need to, to get right. I mean, they got raided in the transfer portal. Even my team was part of that, getting Jordan Birch, the former five-star recruit. So, I mean, you're just you're just not going to be recruiting at the level of some of the other teams in the SEC. So, I don't think I don't think that they have a bad coach or anything like that. That he needs to get fired or anything. But I just think it's tough. Like like last year might have been what their ceiling looks like at South Carolina. Um, mm, okay. You know, getting getting eight wins. Um, I don't I don't know if this is a a team where you could ever hope to win the SEC or anything well, like that. We saw the Sparrier era, and he had those teams pretty competitive for Jadavion Clowney and those yeah. boys. But at that time, I think they might have been eight and four when they had Clowney. So yeah, you honestly could be right. <laughs> I mean, they they were definitely like an eight or nine win team. I don't think right, I've ever right. seen South Carolina win ten plus games in my entire life. So. I just think I think it's I think it's just tough, man. Like, like you're just not recruiting at the level of Alabama and Georgia and LSU and everybody else like that. So, so I think maybe the fans need to to have different expectations. Um, and and a, and a year like this doesn't mean that that your coach is bad or anything like that. I think I think as college football people, we like to overreact. We like to, you know, say crazy stuff, act crazy, and say, oh. The sky's falling and things like that. No, um, I think a lot of us just, unfortunately, need to have different expectations. I like it. I like it. South Carolina's fan base is uh is loud though. They're loud and they're proud. Mm-hmm. So I know they have high expectations within the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be tough for some of them to heal to hear or a tough pill for them to swallow. Um. Shane Beamer, I feel like he he's not a bad coach, right? I feel like he has some. I think some he's qualities. a good coach. Yeah, I think he, he just don't has have some, the guys, man. He needs to get the guys, and if he can't get the guys, then maybe he's not a good coach. So, because in college football, you need to be able to get guys. That's part of the job. So, yeah, but I mean, if you're at a school like that, you're just not. No matter who you are. Yeah, that's it is what it is. I think. I think if you're 
you could, you know, so put whatever he's name. So more of a developmental head coach, or do you think Beamer is that kind of guy? He just needs to kind of, or you think it is, it really yeah. truly is just is what it is. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to be like like that kind of developmental team where your every single year may not be the year you're trying to make a run, but you know you stack a, you stack two or three classes and you get a bunch of seniors or something or you know highly rated guys. Hopefully you could get them together and then and then really make some moves. Yeah. Um, some quick notes about this matchup though. Um, Texas A&M's defense has just been the one bright spot for that team throughout the year. Um, it's pretty much won them all the games they've won. Um, South Carolina's offensive line has been horrendous. And um, still, somehow Spencer Rattler has been decent, um, making magic and just being a wizard back there um, and still being able to make something happen. I just don't think they'll be able to run the ball. And A&M will probably just be able to pin their ears back and pass, uh, rush the passer. Now, A&M is A&M, right? We don't we don't mm-hmm. trust Jimbo over here. So this no, we could, definitely don't trust him. This could be a funny game where we like we come back to you guys on Sunday, Monday, and we're like, yeah, well, South Carolina actually did win this, and here's like, <laughs> like this could happen, but yeah, South Carolina just does seem very down and out right now. And Texas A&M, I feel like they're they should be desperate. If they're not desperate, then something's wrong. But they should be trying to win every game they can right now because. Jimbo is – time is ticking, brother. Time is ticking. <laughs> but all right, let's um, keep going through some of these games. Houston's on the road to Kansas State um, at noon over on ESPN2. Kansas State's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a pretty, pretty big spread considering the fact Houston just played Texas pretty good last week. Houston's been playing decent. All year, to be honest, um, not a great team, but I don't know. Kansas State did just step on TCU last week, so maybe the the odds makers are feeling a little bit bullish on Kansas State. But any thoughts on this game? I just thought I would highlight it. It's interesting. I'll keep an eye on it. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I'll probably just be looking at the scoreboard. Yeah, um, another one. West Virginia, UCF, some more Big Twelve action. UCF still winless in the Big Twelve. They're at home. They get West Virginia, a team that is beatable. UCF is actually favored in this game by seven points. They're coming off of their best performance last week against Oklahoma, who might be the best team in that conference. And they were on the road. Breakout performance from Javon Baker. John Rice Plumley's healthy. He looks good. They're able to run the ball with Harvey. Their defense didn't look like a, a rotating door. Um... Does UCF pull it off this week? You think they get in the win column in the Big 12, their first Big 12 victory? It's definitely possible. They're at home, so you never know. I mean, West Virginia has has looked like a solid team. So that's definitely one to keep your eye on. For sure. Um, Let's move over to the 3 p.m. slot. Real quick, hilarious. Uh, A few weeks ago, we mentioned that they had a game on the CW. (laughs) <laughs> and it was the Louisville pit game. <laughs> and we were just laughing. They have another game on the CW this week. It was an ACC team last week. So I'll give you a hint. It's the ACC team again this week. Can you guess what ACC team is playing on the CW this week? Um, Let's see. 
ACC. We're going to have to go with UConn and Boston College. No. Clemson. Oh, no. Oh, no. Clemson, Clemson is State. on the road playing NC State in between showings of The Flash and Riverdale. So make sure you guys <laughs> – <laughs> oh, that's so pathetic that they got banished to the CW network because nobody wants to watch Clemson. They played Miami on the ACC network, a channel that half the country doesn't have. And then they played – now they're playing on the CW network, which still half the country doesn't have, and the other half doesn't watch. So you think Clemson wins? They're favored by 10 points on the road. I Is think they NC should, State that but – Yeah, NC State's not great, but – can't sleep on them. You I can. Mean, we saw what they did to uh, Louisville when they had that blackout. Louisville yep. was able to escape, but the environment, it was a great environment. The student yep. section was filled. This could be yep. a, a tricky one for Clemson, depending on. Yeah, I think what their the crowd might are. get up for this one. So, And it's going to rain, and it's raining. So. Uh oh. You know what happens in the rain? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just saying. Yeah. This one could I get am, spooky. Definitely could. All right, let's talk about. Um, some of the main events uh, that, damn, they put all the good games at 3.30 this week. Like, I can't even enjoy yeah. my game and then turn on Utah-Oregon. I, I, like, why is Utah-Oregon? It's because you guys are in the Big 12 now, so all your time slots are going to be moved up. Yeah. you guys are going to get preferential treatment instead of being banished till 10.30 p.m. Yep. In the Pac-12. Must feel good. Must feel great, actually. Yep. To be in the prime time slot. So congrats to the few... <laughs> <laughs> Congrats to the survivors of the Pac-12 and those that are stuck in the Pac-12, the two-team conference next year. Have some shame. Um, but, yeah, Georgia, Florida, cocktail party. We talked a little bit about it at the start of the show. My that was Gators. at 3.30, too? Yep, 3.30. Every on, game that I want to see is at 3.30. Is at 3.30, yeah. Um, or maybe we start at 3, actually. We might start at 3, and you guys start at 3.30. But we are over on CBS, Jacksonville, Florida. Georgia is currently a 14.5-point favorite. Um, thoughts? And then I'll get into mine. I think you guys could give them some trouble, honestly. I don't really think, expect y'all to win. You think we cover? What's the spread? 14.5. I don't know. I think maybe – see, the thing is, I think I think maybe – I feel like you guys are probably going to cover, at least in the beginning, but I feel like in the end there's a chance that, that Georgia might backdoor cover. Mm, okay, okay, okay. That's fair. I, I think we could cover. Winning is going to be tough if I'm being real. Now, I do think we can win, um, and I am going to predict us to win. But Okay. That's, I hope you win, but I I just don't I don't see it. Yeah, no, no. The homer in me, like we're gonna win. But like if I'm being a realist, we'll probably just cover, but we're gonna win. And I'll tell you why we're gonna win. Because I think this will be a closed game, right? And in college football in closed games, sometimes things break down, players make mistakes, but other players, they rise. And it's usually the team that has the best players at the end of the game that win the game. Now, 
You're saying you have the best players? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. In all intents and purposes, Georgia has the more talented roster from top to bottom, from offensive line to quarterback to wide receivers to DBs to linebacker. They're all five stars. I get it, right? But these past rosters that we've watched Georgia have over the past few years where they've won championships, they've had NFL players. And we talked about this in the offseason, and I'm bringing this point back up now that it's Florida Georgia week. This Florida, this Georgia team is not a team filled with NFL players. They have a few NFL players. They have one amazing NFL player, and he's not playing in this game. No, he's not. Now, Georgia has players that have the potential to go to the NFL that eventually may be NFL players, right? But Georgia does not is not trotting out 22 NFL players no. on Saturday. The past few years... 18 of the 22 starters for Georgia were NFL players. They, they could have went and played in the NFL right then, and they all did after they graduated. So Georgia had, like, the most the most picks in the in the first round or, like, in the first few rounds ever or something like that. It was crazy. But my point being is I think Florida's playmakers can take over a game at the end of the game more than Georgia's can. Georgia has running back uh, Dejon Edwards. He he's amazing. I think he can kill Florida and he can just have three or four touchdowns and we can get blown out. Um, but on the outside, uh, Jack Saint, Lad McConkey, those two guys, I think are pretty solid wide receivers, but I like Florida's DBs. I like our, I like our defense. They, they don't scare me. Um, Brock Bowers scares me. Edwards, he scares me. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, obviously that's a great unit, but I think a guy like Ricky Pearsall, I think a guy like Trevor Etienne, I think a guy like Trey Wilson, those guys are game breakers that can take over the game for Florida and, and just take one one ball, one catch, one ha- one handoff, and change the game. Like I said, I think I think Georgia has Edwards, but outside of him, I don't see that. Now, if this game is close, I give the edge to Florida. Georgia gets ahead by two, three scores because they run for 400 yards. Mm-hmm. We lose. It's simple. But yeah, if, Florida's I mean, head, if it's third quarter and you see it's like a seven-point game, three-point game, live bet Florida money line, whatever the spread is. I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever I mean, look, and, and Georgia, they got Rara Thomas out the, out the transfer portal. Yeah, and, Rara's, ugh, and, it's not really – well, this goes to what I was talking about last time where there was a bunch of these receivers that put up a lot of numbers at the old school. And then at the new school, they just haven't been doing much. Right. They, even got, um, they got the wide receiver from Missouri. is Not Dorian Singer. He went to USC. The other one. They had two really good wide receivers at Missouri. And one of them went to Georgia. I forget his name. but Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I mean, they, I mean if you – Georgia doesn't really have game breakers on the outside besides Brock Bauer. So, I mean, if you look at the stats and you compare the stats between the two teams, Florida has the top wide receiver. Uh, obviously, Brock Bowers makes a difference, but Ricky Pearsall has better stats than every single yeah, Georgia wide Pearsall receiver. Yeah, Ricky Pearsall is better than every Georgia wide receiver. I can say that for and sure. Then, and then their running back, Edwards, he has – let me see – he has 
20 more yards on five less carries than Montreal Johnson and two more touchdowns. And and we also have Trevor Etienne. I know they have a few running backs. Um, he mentioned, I was talking to Hassan earlier. He's my, uh, my Georgia expert. Somebody's name. I think it was Hardy. Somebody. I think he was a freshman. And he mentions pretty good and pretty fast. He wears number 87. He's like a wide receiver or a slot wide receiver. But, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Georgia doesn't have those dudes. Now, Georgia's trenches, they're going to be right. And that's going to be the key to every single football game, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen Florida get dominated in the trenches against Kentucky. We've seen Florida get dominated in the trenches against Utah. The two losses that they lost, they got smoked in the trenches. So is Florida going to be able to keep up with the trench warfare? Because outside, skill position-wise, I'm taking Graham Mertz over Carson Beck. I was going to ask you if you thought that Florida had the quarterback advantage. For sure. I mean, Carson Beck has definitely progressed over the, throughout the year um, as a quarterback. But Carson Beck is still in his first year starting. Graham Mertz has been a starter for 17 years. So Graham Mertz has way more experience, and it's shown. I mean, Graham Mertz has been playing like – he has been playing Graham well, but I will say this. But I will say this. I don't think the advantage is that big. I think Carson Beck is okay. Fine. Yeah, that I agree. Carson Beck is actually really good. I thought he was going to be way worse. Car- and I think he has. He might even have better stats than Graham Mertz, to be honest. So they're very close. But um, what was I going to say? Um, but Graham Mertz has played in big games. Obviously, he's lost a lot of big games. That's what Graham Mertz is known for. Carson Beck has not played in a lot of big games. What's the, what's the biggest game Georgia's played this year? Maybe the Auburn game. South Auburn, South Carolina, and yeah, you're no Auburn. You're right on the road against Auburn, and Brock Bowers took over with crazy one-handed catches. I mean, like I said, respect to Beck. I'm not gonna dis, but he hasn't. He has. This is the biggest game he's gonna play so far in his career. It's gonna be a neutral site. We're going to be loud. His guy's going to be loud. Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust I don't trust Florida's defense anymore. I was talking hot shit earlier on in the year, saying that we had a great defense. I don't know now, but I like our DBs. I'll tell you that. Really? You don't trust your defense anymore? No. We just gave up 40 points to South Carolina. You did. Y'all being in a shootout is not something that I expected this season. Yeah. I don't – it's not that I don't tr- – I like my defensive coordinator, and I trust him to have a good game plan and to make the right calls. I told you, though, we played the most freshmen in the country. Out of any team in the country, we played the most freshmen. Mm-hmm. And majority of those freshmen are on the defensive side of the ball. And – I love the future. I love a lot of those guys, and they're great. The reason they're they're playing is because they're freaking amazing. I think we're gonna have I think we're gonna have at least one or two all SEC first team freshmen for sure, and we might even have a an all American freshman at safety, Jordan Castell. But we'll, see, we'll the verdict is out on him because he he be missing some tackles sometimes. So I don't know, <laughs> but he was definitely a mid season all American, but uh, freshman all American, not a overall American. But I don't know. We'll see. Georgia might wash us. I'm, I'm prepared for that. Like, I am prepared to get washed, but I I don't think so. They're not that good, bro. If we play our best game, okay. we're fine. We're fine. Florida looks so. like shit on the road. So, I don't know. Billy, Billy I mean, Napier's been doing a lot of smiling this week. There's been it's a lot a of smiling. It's a neutral site, yeah. though. It's, it's not road. It's neutral. 
just not exactly. So we should be all right. We should, we, you know what I mean? We should. We're going to have some, you feel me? But we'll see. We'll see. Um, so you like Georgia to backdoor cover? Yep. I like, I like Florida to win. Cool. I hope so. I think the backdoor cover is, I think the backdoor cover is a, 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 not a bad call, to be honest. Yo, it seems like um, everybody's backdoor covering. Yeah, it just always happens. It's so stupid. Um, over on ABC, BYU travels to Texas. Texas is a 17.5-point favorite. They should win that pretty easy. They should win that pretty easily. Although Quinn Ewers is going to be out for this game as he's expected to miss a few weeks with that AC injury in his shoulder. Um, they struggled a little bit against Houston last week. BYU is a decent team, but I don't think they'll have enough to go into Texas Memorial Stadium and get that win. Um, but I'll just keep an eye on that game for all you college football watchers, just in case. You never know. All right, let's get down to this well, Oregon. Utah. How do you ahead, feel? Yeah, before we get into Oregon, Utah, you think Malik Murphy is going to be good? <laughs> um, We talked a little bit about him. I told you I'm excited about him. I watched a little bit of the spring game. Yeah, I really uh, want to see him play, honestly. Yeah, I, I, you saw him a little bit in the spring game, and I thought he showed – some stuff, obviously. Um, he might be in a Ducks uniform come come January. Uh, interesting. I was <laughs> I was really um, I was my little brother. For those of you who don't know, is a also an Oregon fan, um, and I was actually in the car with him the other day. We were driving, and he was just talking to me like, "Oh, I wonder what we're going to do in the future." And I told him like, "You might you might as well just start looking around on other rosters because Oregon's quarterback next year is definitely not on that roster and is not a freshman." So. You don't you don't Definitely think be... you don't think Ty Thompson got it? Brother. Ty Thompson has been in that program for four years. <laughs> <laughs> if he had it, he would have had it. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, path is different, bro. You're right. You're right. And maybe this will be his opportunity. You know Kyle Trask, same same thing, right? Kyle Trask was in was a freaking fifth year, never got two star recruit, never got to play, and he finally got a chance because all the other options were exhausted and he was a Heisman finalist, so you're right. You're right. Ty Thompson could be the next Kyle Trask, but those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> but yeah, Malik Murphy, I'm excited to see him play. Um, I think BYU is the perfect team to go against. I think BYU's defense, it's it's not awful, but it's not going to be one of the better defenses in the in the Big Twelve, right? So I think this will be a good like medium test for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, let's see. BYU's defense allows, yeah, 400 yards per game, basically 245 through the air, 150 on the ground. So, yeah, we'll see. You think we see Archie if Malik Murphy sucks? Or do you think um, they would just like play with Malik Murphy throughout the whole game no matter – I don't know, man. I mean, you do get four games before you can redshirt right. somebody. Might so, well give him a couple snaps. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely the potential to see Arch if there's if there's a stinker out there. So, definitely keep your eye on that. And honestly, for Texas in the future, this is something to keep keep your eye on because I I, I think Quinn Ewers probably wanted to go to the NFL this year. 
But since he's been banged up and missing so much time, I mean, he might come back. And then it'll be another thing where we're looking at both Malik Murphy and Arch Manning. Like, okay, well, Ooh, what are they going to do with them? Do. Yeah. So it's definitely, definitely going to be an interesting story. Manning's, Manning's young, so I could always see. I wouldn't be surprised if he sat it out and sat through another year or whatever. Well, Two years development. Exactly. But. And and remember, um, Quinn Ewers is only 20 years old right now. He's young. Because he, right. he uh, you know, reclassed. So. Right. You know, this is definitely, definitely, just, whenever there's a quarterback controversy, there's usually two, but this one has three. So <laughs> it's definitely going to be interesting. And real quick, um, Texas did land a five-star recruit earlier uh, before he went live, uh, wide receiver Ryan Wingo. This is pretty big news because I know Missouri was feeling pretty good. He's from Missouri, and he, he had visited Missouri just this past weekend, um, had visited them recently, like two weeks before that. And I know they were building a lot of momentum with him, and obviously what they were doing with Luther Burden uh, and that guy um, was a great pitch for another young five-star wide receiver, but he wound up picking Texas, and he's, he said it was definitely the toughest decision he ever made in his life, choosing Texas over a school that he knows is close to home and up-and-coming, but mm-hmm. he did decide to choose Texas. So big win, 27th overall player in the country, according to ESPN. Um, and a top five wide receiver, I believe, five-star. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about that Oregon-Utah game now. Oregon is on the road, Salt Lake City, Rice Echo Stadium, a stadium where Utah has not lost in over 20 games. I know when Florida was traveling and some of the Utah podcasters I was listening to, they had mentioned I think it was like a 20-game win streak like three seasons they had went or something like that, or almost three seasons. And I'm pretty sure they've won every home game this year. So yep, tough place to win a football game in. Oregon has also struggled historically to beat Utah um, in the past. Obviously, they beat them last year and maybe the year before that as well. Back-to-back, y'all got them? No, 21 no. was when we lost twice. Okay, okay. But y'all got them last year. Yeah. Yep. Utah is the back-to-back Pac-12 champions, though, and honestly, they – could definitely three-peat based on uh, the results of this game. Uh, let's get into this, man, because uh, although Utah's offense is not really that scary, that defense is definitely one of the top in the country, and Oregon is going to have their hands full um, on the offense side of the ball, trying to move the ball up and down the field. What are your thoughts on this game? What are your matchups that you're looking forward to and just overall predictions? Yeah, this is definitely going to be a dogfight. Utah is like a freaking dead team walking, but they walking <laughs> and they speed walking. So you definitely got to be on your A game going against Utah. And we know that Salt Lake is a really difficult place to play. That home crowd is going to be rocking. Game day is going to be there. The altitude. Yeah, it's just going to be crazy. Oregon? I don't know if huh? you guys deal with that. Does Oregon deal with that different altitudes and stuff like that? or um. Not really. They might just be more adept to it. The Florida is it was way different for our players. I know that, but yeah, they usually don't bring that up when we when we go there. But okay, yeah, you guys live in Oregon, so they're probably more used to it. You know, yeah. So you know this this is this is definitely going to be a dog fight. Um, what's the what's the quarterback's name? The pig farmer. Uh, no, I call him Bucky Barnes, but that's not his name. 
His name and, is Bryson uh, I think Barnes. Bryson Barnes. So, yep. um, yeah, that guy. He's not bad, bro. He's not yo, bad, man. He's a gamer, man. He's a gamer. He really man. is. He make, he'll make the throws. He'll he'll run the ball. Like he'll he can play, and he's a junior too, so he's not young. He's he fried Florida. Yeah, man. Y'all are better than us though, so. No, I'm 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 fairly confident, but the more I think about it, I'm honestly less and less confident. I feel like if we don't play Ooh. our A game, they definitely could, could get us, man. Like for real. Look, Wait. this is this is this is Rice Eccles Stadium, man. This ain't no joke, man. I'm just saying. Um, I see here Utah's only allows 78 rushing yards per game. And you know what my philosophy is with Oregon. I know you don't fully agree with my philosophy, but my philosophy with Oregon is they go how their running backs go. Mm-hmm. And if their running backs are not going this game. Well, we have one of the top rushing offenses in the country, so definitely. It's, it's definitely going to be an interesting battle. And great offensive line. Yep. And our, our defense is better than it was in the past. Right, right. They don't have um, Cam Rising. They don't have Dalton Kincaid. They don't have Brett Keithy. So I'm not really worried about anybody on the outside. They got a safety player running back. I mean, this this team is just finding ways to win, man. It's crazy. So I, that, this is definitely a team that I really respect. Coaching staff, I, I really respect. Um, they just They just figure it out, man. But I'm, I'm not really worried about anybody on the outside. I think our DBs should should be fine. It's more just about the Russian defense. And as long as we can we can match up in the trenches, I think we'll be fine. I think I think we will. Um, I, I really like our guys on our D line. I, I like our O line. I think we'll be fine. But we definitely got to play well. If we go out there and and come out flat and don't figure it out to the second half, it might be out of control by then. So. We definitely, definitely gotta gotta come out fast. So, uh, what's the spread? Oregon is favored on the road by six and a half points. So, just about a touchdown. Although, if Oregon wins by a touchdown, and uh, and you picked Utah plus six and a half, you would lose the bet. So, I think I like for that. all you betters out there. I like that. I, th- I think we win Oregon by a by touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look. I mean, Utah's ranked 14 for a reason. So. So yeah, I think I think this will be like a seventeen twenty kind of game. Seventeen. I mean, that's how it was last year. That's how it was last year. I think the score last year was like twenty. I think it was exactly twenty to seventeen or something like that. It was twenty to twenty three. Something. It was a dog fight, and it came down to some turnovers at the end. So I think I think it might be a similar game this year, but I think our offense is better. Okay. I think. Especially with Bo being healthy this time. Last year he was right. literally playing on one leg. Um mm. so yeah, I like I like, I really like our chances this year. All right. Um yeah, I do too. I, I I like Oregon in this game. Um I think maybe Utah could maybe cover and, and lose, only lose by like a field goal or something, but I I wouldn't doubt it. I would I just like Oregon money line for this one if uh, I were to bet on this game. Um, although, like I said, it's going to be the running game. Oregon has to run the ball. They need to be able to, if Utah turns Oregon one dimensional, it's going to get weird. 
They need to, like you said, yeah, run gotta, their offense. We got to keep that balance. Oregon is not a one-dimensional team. No, they're a very no. balanced team. We're probably the most so balanced they, team in the country. And they need to stay <laughs> that way. So that's that's very key for Utah. If they do want to win this game, is knock off that balance, take one or the other away, specific, more, more preferably the rushing, and then win the game. But, yeah, man, I'll be excited to uh, – have that on my laptop or something. YouTube TV does a split screen, so maybe I'll have both games up, watching both games or something. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But definitely a game I'm going to tune into. The second game, Georgia, uh, Florida was playing South Carolina when you guys played Washington, and now you guys are playing Utah and we're playing Georgia. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> over on NBC uh, at 3.30, Notre Dame takes on Pitt. They're favored by 20.5 points. They should roll. Um, and then on ESPN at 3.30, a big one in the ACC, Duke travels to Louisville, Kentucky to take on the Cardinals in Cardinal Stadium, uh, where Louisville is favored by four points. Um, this is a battle of really good offense versus a really good defense. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? And this is pretty exciting, in my opinion. We saw Duke last week. Look very, very good against a team like Florida State. Obviously, towards the end of the game, they kind of tapered off, but they lost some momentum when their starting quarterback went down. Uh, the last time we saw Louisville was in an ugly, ugly loss to Pitt, a game that we actually called, uh, I called. It was rainy, sloppy, um, and they got beat by 20 points, I think, or 24 points almost. Um, they had a bye week to get them nice and healthy, to get their players right, and to get refocused on Duke. Louisville's look good throughout the year, man. So I don't want people to forget just because I lost one game. Um, they're a pretty good team, but Duke's humming as well. Who you got on this one? I think I'm going to have to pick Louisville, assuming that Ryder Leonard isn't that healthy. I think he re-aggravated his injury during the game against Florida State. So that's definitely something to keep your eye on. But if he comes out and he's able to move well enough, I think Duke Duke has a really good chance, man. This is this is a matchup that I've been most excited about all season long. Ever since Duke beat Clemson, and ever since Louisville started to win some games, and they beat um they beat Notre Dame at home. Basically, had Notre Dame in garbage time with that rushing attack. So this is definitely something that I'm looking forward to. We know that Duke has some really good DBs. They were shutting down Florida State's run game. So can they shut down Louisville's run game too? I definitely – I think they definitely have a chance, man. This this one has potential to be a banger. So Banger, yeah. Being unbiased, this might be the best game at 330. Like Oregon honestly, and Utah might, might be competitive, but it'll probably be a little bit boring for those fans that are not there because there's probably a lot of defense running the ball. Maybe Oregon gets out big and then – Florida Georgia might be a blowout. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, this this one definitely has the potential to be the best game of the weekend. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a coin flip. Yeah, like this this these are, these are two teams that I really like to see play. So I mean, it's hard for me to pick one. I like both teams. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm gonna have to pick Louisville to win. Yeah, I um, quarterback's a caveat for me too. Obviously, if Duke's quarterback was fully healthy. I might go with Duke. Um, I'll go Louisville as well. 
I'll give the edge to the home team. They usually say the home team in college football is favored by like a field goal or a touchdown in most games. So I like Louisville by yeah, a field goal. The home venue really makes a different a difference yeah. in college. It's not like the NFL where it's like the home venue is just kind of like whatever. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. But college it really makes a difference. I think Louisville's crowd is going to be crazy. Crazy they were, for sure. They were, they definitely have a good yeah, like they were crazy for a Notre Dame game. They're probably going to be crazy for this one. This is a big matchup. This has ACC title implications. Um, Huge game. One of the best ACC games of the year, without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. This is this probably might be the best ACC game of the year, besides uh, the Clemson Florida State game earlier in the, in the year. Yeah, so that was a great game too. You're right. Also, Clemson and Duke. I got to put that Duke, one. Yeah. Look. Duke, being yeah, Duke and FSU had potential. Duke and FSU had so much potential yeah. to go down as an all-time classic. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm I'm still gonna stand on what I said last time and say that Riley Leonard doesn't get hurt, and I think I think Duke wins. Duke wins that. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think that that's really what it comes down to. Man, Duke's defense is just so freaking fun to watch, man. Um, and they and their running game is is really good too. I really like what they were doing against Florida State. So. Yeah, this one, this one is a coin flip to me, and but but I'm picking Louisville because I'm not I'm not really confident in Ryan Leonard's health. <laughs> All right, um, at 4 p.m. I know we said we usually save G5 to the end, but Tulane is ranked, so we will mention them now. Um, also, because they do go on the road to take on Rice. Um, Rice has been a team that's been playing pretty well, and that's on the hands of uh, JT Daniels. Obviously, former – where did he start? Cal or USC? Um, I think he started at USC. Then he went to Georgia. USC. Then he went to West Virginia. Now he's at and Rice. now he's at Rice. Yep. <laughs> so he's there. Um, and they have a pretty good wide receiver named Luke McCaffrey as well. Um, um, so now, yeah. So Tulane has to travel to Rice. Um, they're a 10.5-point favorite um, over there in Texas. Tulane's been a team that we've been saying that's probably arguably the best G5 team. Obviously, Air Force is looking really good this year, and there's been a few other teams that we've mentioned as well. But a big test for Michael Pratt and the boys as they head to take on JT Daniels and Rice. Um, That's at 4 p.m. over on ESPN2. At 4 p.m. as well on the Pac-12 network, USC, who... Hasn't had Lincoln Riley at practice the past couple of days. Um, they're taking on Cal on the road. USC is only favored by 11 points. Um, Cal's been playing decent football, even though you won't admit it. Um, <laughs> and don't think they'll beat USC. But, yeah, man, USC is reeling. We've seen Lincoln Riley and the reports of him having some illness and just missing practice the past couple of days. Probably totally legitimate, but, you know, a lot of people like to speculate and say, oh, he's gone and obviously he'll come back this season, but he's looking for the NFL or looking for a way out. And thoughts on USC? We talked a lot about them on our um, recap episode, so make sure you guys go check that out. should be out by now. Um, But, yeah, thoughts on this game and just USC? Man, USC is definitely on quick watch. So, I think this one has potential to get a little spooky. But assuming that USC plays well, they shouldn't have a problem with Cal. But the thing about Cal is that they are a rushing team. 
And yeah. Last year's game got spooky. They should have beat USC last year. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that. Actually, I, now that you bring it up, I do remember that. That was a weird game. Yeah, Where they, was that game? It was at- if, they, if, if, they, if it's in Cal now, it was in USC last year. Yeah. They should have won that game. I do remember that. It came down to the end. And, look, we know that USC's defense is soft. So if Cal can get that rushing attack going, they might be able to stay within a score of, of USC. So – I'm picking USC to win, but just saying, look, USC is on quit watch, so don't be surprised that this one gets weird. So weird to say a team that's 6-2, and 4-1 and one in the conference. Only one conference loss is on quit watch. That's such a shame. It just shows uh, what's going on with that culture and that team and the yep. stigma around that team. They need to figure that shit out because that's USC. They should not be – that should not be a thing. Obviously, you're not going to be a freaking natty every year, but – they're they're sad. They're sad. They are. Over on FS1, we're now moving on to some of these night games at 7 p.m. Washington, a team that had just a weird game last week against Arizona State. Uh, they hit the road. Um, they take on Stanford um, in Stanford Stadium. Washington's favored by 26 and a half points. So Vegas expects them to roll. Um, Stanford, they're a team the first two weeks. We were like, all right, Stanford, they suck, but they look pretty nice for Stanford. Then they looked absolutely horrible, and then they beat Colorado on that crazy comeback, and then <laughs> they got smoked again last week and looked trash again. I don't expect them to even make this game close, but um, any thoughts on this game at all? Washington rolls. We move on. Yeah, Washington should roll. The, at least the thing with Arizona State is that we know that Kenny Dillingham can come up with a good game plan. I don't know if Stanford's really capable of that. I think during that Colorado game, they kind of just figured something out on the fly and realized, you know, the situation with their defense and just kept attacking that to win the game. I don't think that Washington has anything like that on their team. So they should just roll. And then – over on CBS Sports Network at 7 p.m., Air Force, um, they're on the road taking on Colorado State, a team that gave Colorado trouble earlier on in the year, a team that isn't playing horrible football. They're 1-2 and two in the Mountain West, but Air Force has been playing some really good football throughout the year. Um, they're favored by 12.5 points. Um, I do think Air Force wins this game by two touchdowns. Maybe not, but I think they can win by seven, maybe ten. So I think Colorado State might cover the twelve and a half, uh, but I do think Air Force wins. Yeah, I, you know I love Air Force. This is probably yeah. what I'm going to be watching. Big for the defense. Yeah, I mean we we know Colorado State is a solid team, but I think Air Force should win this one pretty comfortably. Honestly, I'm going to pick Colorado yeah. uh, Air Force to cover. Yeah, we, we'll see how Colorado's able to defend that triple option, which I, I don't think they'll be able to defend it. No one's really been able to defend it at all. And Air Force is starting to throw the ball a little bit more here and there. Um, so the Colorado State got to be prepared for that yeah. as well. They're really efficient then, in the passing game. Yeah. Um, I do like I – don't, I don't hate Colorado State's offense, though. I thought they got some playmakers, so it'll be a big test for Air Force's defense, um, see what they can do. Although Air Force's defense has definitely been one of the top in the country so far. Um, so I'm sure they're looking to keep that up um, in this game. 
Um, some SEC action on ESPN. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers, they travel to Kentucky. Kentucky coming off of a bye week, I believe. Um, Tennessee's favorite by four points on the road, actually, over Kentucky. This one shocks me a little bit. I think the wrong team might be favorite here. Um, obviously, a little bit biased because Kentucky whooped our ass and then we whooped Kentucky's ass. I mean, uh, we whooped Tennessee's ass. But um, I think both of these teams kind of play similar style of football, right? Both of these teams want to run the ball. Both of the quarterbacks are just wildly inconsistent. But then on the outside, I kind of give the edge to Tennessee. And then I flip the side of the ball and look at the defenses, and I still kind of give the edge to Tennessee. I like Kentucky's secondary a little bit more than Tennessee's secondary, but I do like Tennessee's front seven. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like Tennessee a little bit more than Kentucky, but Kentucky, I think they'll be able to run the ball. And if they're able to run the ball, Tennessee's in trouble because I don't know if Joe Milton will be able to go on the road and throw the ball around the yard. He hasn't done that all year, and I don't see why he'd be able to do that against Kentucky secondary. Yeah, I don't really trust either team, but I think this is a good matchup. It's definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, I really, I honestly, I don't really know who to pick. I'm pro because, like I said, I don't really trust either team. Yeah. We've seen both of them kind of stink it up. If I was betting, I'm betting Kentucky plus money at home. Like you got to take the points, and they're the home. Like Kentucky plus four at home. That means if Tennessee were to win by a field goal, you would still cover and make your money. So, although Tennessee could win by a touchdown or two. Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to pick Tennessee because okay. even though I'm not the biggest fan of Joe Milton, I think he's been better than um, Devin Leary so far. Yeah, he has been. Devin Leary was almost the Gators quarterback. Oh, where will we be right now? I don't, That's the thing. I don't like, know what happened with that. So, yeah, maybe maybe, I'm, maybe Silly Billy was right by picking Graham Mertz. I'm telling you, man, Graham, Graham has impressed. I've, I've been looking for every reason to slander him. Facts. That's facts. He's a great leader. He got the he got the intangibles too. He got the intangibles. Um, on NBC seven thirty, Ohio State they travel to Wisconsin. Um, one of the bigger tests left on their schedule. Um, although Wisconsin's offense has been pretty terrible, Ohio State's defense has been maybe the top in the country. Um, Vegas only has Ohio State favored by fourteen and a half points. I thought this spread might be a little bit bigger than that, but I guess Ohio State has him winning a lot of low-scoring games. Um, I still think they cover. They probably win by two touchdowns, three touchdowns, but they probably only score about 24, 28 points, something like that. Um, over on SEC Network, Vanderbilt, they travel to take on Ole Miss. Ole Miss is quietly putting together a pretty nice season. They do have that one loss to Alabama. Uh, but that was a road game, and Alabama is looking really good. Uh, they have that win over LSU. Um, they have a win over Tulane. So not a bad year quietly for Ole Miss, the 12th-ranked Rebels. They look to keep that winning streak going against Vanderbilt, um, and I think they will this week. It's that game next week they have against A&M, and the game after that against Georgia are going to be two really big tests for Ole Miss. So we'll learn a lot about them over the next couple of weeks. Uh, not so much during this Vanderbilt game. They're favored by 24 and a half points, I think. 
they probably wouldn't around that. Some Pac-12 action. Uh, Colorado on the road to UCLA. UCLA, um, a team that struggled offensively um, with their young quarterback, Dante Moore, but last week we saw them bench him and they started uh, Garber, Ethan Garbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have any information on whether who the starting quarterback will be this week? I'm assuming it'll be Ethan Garbers. Um, if it is Ethan Garbers, I'm picking Colorado. I don't think it really matters. But actually, actually, it doesn't matter. I'm picking I'm, Colorado. Yeah, I'm picking UCLA. Yeah, I'm picking Colorado. We're gonna revisit this. You gonna stop with this Colorado stuff, bro? This team had a meltdown against Stanford. Yeah, they did. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> as, a, as a Colorado fan, I was embarrassed. I'll oh, admit. now you're a Colorado fan. Okay. Um, Colorado Gator, the Florida Buffalo. Oh, brother. <laughs> We're going to come back to this. Bro, let's be real. I don't have any faith in UCLA's defense. I mean, uh, offense. I don't care who the – I know they scored 42 points against Yo, Stanford. Colorado's defense Colorado. is terrible. Colorado's yeah. defense is terrible. Yeah, Colorado's <laughs> defense is terrible, but so is UCLA's offense. So Colorado might be able to get some stops on defense. Not really. Right? Yes, really. They'll be able to get some stops Yo, on defense. UCLA? That's Travis ball? Hunter is back. Travis Hunter is back. Yeah, they but he, get, can, Shiloh, he can cover Shiloh one was person. Travis Hunter is back not helping safety. in a run game, man. I mean – Look, UCLA, they have a white running back, bro. Yo, sometimes you need a white running long back. Hair. Sometimes you need no, a white dude. running back, bro. I'm telling you, this is the game. It's like the that longest Deion, yard. It's how a white man runs the Colorado. football. <laughs> He's having a great season. He has like 600 yards, See? six touchdowns. Carson Steele, I think his name is, or, or some something Steele. Um, but bro, this is this is the game that Colorado and Dion and the boys. Put themselves back on is the this map. A 10 o'clock Everybody, game or is this a seven o'clock game? Seven thirty. Seven thirty. ABC. They're on the road, Pasadena, California. There's going to be no crowd because it's UCLA. They're going to try out some random dude named Ethan Garber out there, and you think he's going to dice up Dion's defense? Give me a break. Let's let's keep let's be real. Okay. They got let's they got diced here. up by Stanford. Now UCLA's defense is very good. Right, that will, but Shador and them, they've been tested all year against great defenses and they failed. They failed some tests. I'm not going to lie. But this is a test they can pass. I believe in the boys. I believe in them. Colorado, if they don't win this, they're going to cover 17 points. There's no way UCLA beats Colorado by 17 points. Yeah, I will that say this. Not... I don't think that UCLA is going to cover that. I don't no think way. they're going to cover that. That is the freest. If you're listening to this podcast before, this, the game starts. Put money on that. They will cover that. And if they don't, DM me. I will send you back whatever you bet. Maximum $10. If you put $100, that's not, that's not on you. But I'll give you 10 bucks back. Because that's how confident I am that they're going to cover. Okay. No, don't do that, please. Don't actually do that. But All right. Let's move on, though. North Carolina, they travel to Atlanta, Georgia to take on... Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech Stadium was hilarious. You want to know what the name of their stadium is called? What's it called? Bobby Dodd. <laughs> Bobby Dodd Stadium. Bobby Dodd Stadium. I like that. That just that kind of rolls off the tongue. That's country as hell. You want to head over to Bobby Dodd Stadium and watch a football game? 
yeah, North Carolina, they need to uh they need to bounce back and get right against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, they're not terrible. They have some offense. Uh UNC's favored by eleven and a half points though. I think they should cover that. They should probably win this game by two, three touchdowns. Um that was a very disappointing loss that they had last week. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with that team. How do you lose to Virginia? What are you doing? What are we doing? What are we doing here? That is so embarrassing. Um, it seems like every team has embarrassed me this year. <laughs> because first I picked against North Carolina. And then South Carolina embarrassed me. Then I, I'm rolling with the Tar Heels. And they go and, and have a stinker against Virginia. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, some G5 action, but they're ranked. That's why we're bringing it up here in this segment. Um, James Madison is now ranked at 25, 7-0, 4-0 in the Sun Belt. Yes, Fun sir. Belt. They are at home this week against Old Dominion, where they are 20-point favorites. Although, talked a little bit about this game on our last episode. Old Dominion does have a very good running game and a pretty solid team. They're actually 3-1 and one in the Sun Belt. Their only losses have came out of conference. So, big game in Harrisburg, Virginia over at, I don't even know what the name of their stadium is, Zane Shoker Field um, at Bridgeforth Stadium. I think James Madison gets it done. 20 points seems like a lot, but they've been rolling since they've joined the FBS. They were even rolling when they were FCS. Seems like no, no one and nothing can stop this yeah, program. Yeah, they won a natty. They're a le- they won a natty. Yeah, they're a, legit, they're a legit powerhouse. Like, they're, a, they're an actual powerhouse. Like, they joined FBS, and they immediately – became top 25 Yo. like let them cook in the let them cook in the g5 for a few years and then acc is going to give them a call i promise they better Yo, i promise there i don't know if you've ever seen their stadium but i've driven past it a lot a bunch of times their stadium is a power five stadium and this was when they were it's FBS. huge like so i um <laughs> it was madison's actually pretty close to liberty and i don't know if i said this here before but i almost went to liberty um, I got accepted and everything. I went on multiple visits as a uh, four-star recruit. Um, and so, yes, I've seen James Madison's campus driving through Virginia, but you're right. It's a freaking huge stadium. They could be a power five school. Definitely. And then the final top 25 matchup that we'll talk about here is the Oregon State versus Arizona game. This game is on Pac-12 after dark, 10.30 p.m. kickoff ESPN. We are in the desert, Tucson, Arizona, Arizona Stadium. Fafita versus Uya Galele. I, I butchered that, but y'all know who he is. Uyang Galele. This is going to be some prime Pac-12 after dark i can just smell Yo, it i can i can smell it in the air Pac 12 after dark in the desert this is what life is about man this is what life is about i'm man. rocking with Oregon arizona State is only three and a half point favorite so vegas even knows yeah. they even know i'm rocking with they arizona know. man i'm we're rocking with arizona this is our lock of the week take take arizona no, for Peter, baby. let's go this one could get spooky man Pac 12 after dark this is another game that I've been. I was real interested in. I think this is a more even matchup than people might think. Um, Arizona spanked Wazoo. 
They was in a dogfight with USC and Washington. Noah Fafita is a beast, man. Let me let me tell you some very interesting stats that most people wouldn't realize. Now, we all know Oregon State is a rushing team. Mm-hmm. They run the ball for 195 yards per game, almost 200 yards per game. And that really opens up the, the passing game for DJU and allows him to not feel as much pressure and makes life easier for him. Now, Arizona only allows 96 rushing yards per game. Yep. So this is a match made in heaven for this Arizona team. If Fafita plays, I don't know if I don't know who's playing between him or Delora. That's that's truly the key. If Delora's out it's there, it's gotta be Fafita. Yeah. First of all, if you're a smart person, do the right thing. <laughs> Play the better quarterback. Don't embarrass yourself, man. Yeah, I, that's that's obviously the caveat. Depending on who the quarterback is, is depending on who's going to win the game. Mm-hmm. But if Fafita is out there, man, make sure you guys are sat, seated, popcorn, juice, soda, water, whatever you need, alcohol, whatever you need, whatever your vices are. Make sure y'all are tuned in for that Pac-12 After Dark because it is going to be a fun one. It is going to be fun. But all right, let's uh, highlight a few of these other games, and then we will get on out of here. Um, Mississippi State and Auburn, um, they play over on SEC Network at 3.30. Michigan State travels to Minnesota at 3.30 on the Big Ten Network. You mentioned Nebraska to me uh, earlier on this week. They are bowl hunting. They get Purdue this week at home. They're favored by two and a half points. It's going to be a close game. You think they get it done? I don't know, man. I think Purdue has the better offense. Um, but I don't know. I don't know about Purdue's defense. So if Nebraska is able to actually score points consistently, then I think they have a chance. But Well, here's the thing. Nebraska has been quietly winning. I think they're 4-3. and three. So this is why they needed to win that game against Colorado because they have potential to go bowling. So, it's true. I mean, Purdue – who did Purdue even beat? I mean, they lost to Fresno. They beat Virginia Tech. And they beat Illinois. I'm going to have to pick Nebraska. You know, Purdue's, Purdue's not that good. Yeah, I'm, Nebraska's not that good either. No, but. I mean, Nebraska is slightly favored in ESPN's um, FBI. Yeah. But okay. I'm, I'm going to have to pick Nebraska. Nebraska? Yeah. All right. Um, a game that probably shouldn't be close, but I'm only going to highlight it because of the results from last week. Um, Miami, they're at home this week, back at Hard Rock Stadium, uh, and Virginia's in town. Miami's favored by 19 points. Virginia is terrible, literally one of the worst teams in FBS, definitely one of the worst teams in the ACC. Um, But they beat UNC last week, so I just thought I'd bring this up because Miami's a funny team. (laughs) <laughs> and it'd be nice to see Virginia start to snowball some momentum, some wins together in Miami to lose to Virginia. That'd be hilarious after beating Clemson. Is it in uh, Virginia or Miami? 
Nope, it's in Miami, so I doubt Miami loses. But I don't know. Virginia just what? Virginia just went to UNC and beat them boys. So what did I tell you about Miami's home field? It's not real. Exactly. Negative home field advantage. They're the only negative. team. They're the only team in sports with negative home field. No, advantage. no, 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 no. We can talk about UCLA. They're horrible crowd. No, 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 no. But here's the thing. Yes, there's some teams with dead crowds. But it's on campus. Yeah, it's on campus. First of all, and. There's just something about it where Miami loses at home, man. Like UCLA doesn't have a problem where they just lose at home all the time. I think last week was Crystal Ball's first ACC win at home. So, look, I'm telling you, this negative home field advantage thing is is not fake. It's real. So I don't think Miami is going to have any trouble really, but – don't be surprised if it gets spooky. It is October. It's Halloween soon. It is. It's Halloween weekend. So I know a lot of people be at uh, parties on Saturday night. Some football in the background. Uh, this game's at 3.30, though, so probably won't be on by the time most parties kick off. Um, Iowa State takes on Baylor in some Big 12 action. Uh, UTSA Euro runners are at home back in San Antonio, Texas. They play host to East Carolina. They're still winless in the American. East Carolina is, so UTSA should roll in that one. Yes, sir. Um, Southern Miss, they're on the road to App State. Both of these teams have been playing pretty bad football this year. Um, But a big group of five game is between Miami, Ohio, and Ohio, two of the top teams in the MAC. Um, ESPN, FPI slightly favors Miami, Ohio. Uh, But these are... Literally the top two teams in the MAC um, and their division. Um, so a big game that might give the winner a inside track to the MAC conference champ or the MAC um, championship game. Yes, sir. Uh, Ready for some action? Some action, baby. Uh, so yeah, big game and it'll probably be a, a good one too because both of these teams play pretty good football. I've seen Miami Ohio play this year. I haven't seen Ohio play yet, but um, Ohio favors them. Uh, Vegas favors Ohio. So ESPN FPI favors Miami. Vegas favors Ohio by a touchdown. So going to be a good one. Um, Louisiana's on the road to USA. They take on Southern Alabama and Mobile, Mobile, Alabama. Um, some G5 action. Both of these teams are four and three in the Sun Belt. Um, fun belt. So a nice little little fun belt game there. Um, Wyoming, they're on the road to Boise State. Um, after having a hell of a start to the season, um, they unfortunately fell to Air Force a few weeks back. Uh, they had their bye week, and now they look ready to refocus and play Boise State on the road. This could be a good one, man. Boise State is another team that usually has another program that usually has a solid team year in, year out. Um, and they have won some games this year, especially when the Mountain West has started. Lost a lot of out-of-conference games, obviously, but had a really tough out-of-conference schedule. They played Washington week one on the road. Um, they played UCF, lost that game by two points. Um, they played Memphis, who was a really another uh, pretty good G5 team, and they only lost that game by three points. Um, both of their conference, uh, both of their wins have come in conference so far. So Wyoming, a team who's impressed, Big test against Boise State. Um, 
as they go on the road. How about them Cowboys? Let's do it. Let's do it. Boise's favored by five points. Um, so Vegas likes Boise, and so does the ESPN FBI. So it's going to be um, a tough one for the Wyoming Cowboys, but you never know. They've been playing good ball, and they went on the road earlier this year and pulled off a huge upset. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that actually was at home. That was at home. I lied. But we we, we move. Uh, Marshall, Coastal Carolina, some more G5 action, some more fun belt. That game has taken place on NFL Network. Uh, Marshall's favorite by four points. I think it's still pretty cool that they're playing college football on NFL Network. That's dope. Um, Troy and Texas State, some more fun belt action. They're both 5-2, and 2-1 two, two and one in conference, so a big game in that conference. Troy favored by 5.5 points. These are the top two teams in their division as well, so Winner of this probably has the fast track to a matchup with James Madison in the Fun Belt Conference Championship, unless uh, Georgia State, who's 6-1, and one, is able to beat JMU later on in the year. That's going to be a huge game, yep. Georgia State versus JMU. Um, what else we got going on? Again, towards the end of the night here, only a few games left to highlight, and then we'll get on out of here. Um, We got Washington State. They're traveling to the desert to take on Arizona State. They're in Tempe. Um, Things get weird in the desert, man. Arizona State, they played a good game last week against Washington. Maybe they could build off some momentum and get a win against a team that is looking pretty beatable over the past couple weeks, Washington State, but Washington State, they're looking to get right and to get back in that win column, man. And I don't know. I think they I think they could. They're favored by six points on the road. Um, but I do know things get weird in the desert, so you never know. Over on ESPN two at eight PM, Cincinnati, they take on Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's favored by seven and a half points. Uh, they're a team that's been winning game after game after game. Uh, but it feels like eventually that's going to run out. Don't know if it's going to be this week in Cincinnati, a team led by Emory Jones um, and Xavier Henderson to Florida uh, transfers. Um, yeah. Wouldn't trust those two guys <laughs> to lead my team. So uh, what else we got? Let's see what the after dark games are. We have a midnight kickoff game this week. Uh, San Jose State travels to take on Hawaii in Honolulu. Um, so for any of you true late night sickos, if you really want to have a football game on as some background noise That's or crazy. something, you could even turn on a game at midnight and that'll probably last you to about three AM. That's crazy. Maybe bro. later, depending on halftime and, and overtime or what's going on. It's probably gonna be closer East to four AM. Yeah. It's 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 twelve PM East Coast, by the way. So that's wild. Yeah. Uh, but 10.30 slate consists of, wow, there's a banger over on FS1. Wow, we got some good games at 10.30 between the Oregon State-Arizona game and some Mountain West action. We have UNLV on the road taking on Fresno State. Um, UNLV's been a team that's impressing. They, they even received uh, top 25 AP poll votes this past week. Um, Yo, UNLV has been quietly winning a bunch of games too. Nobody's yeah, really, one loss yeah, nobody's year. really talking about them. But since we watch this sport, we're gonna talk about them. Respect yep. UNLV. 
undefeated in the Mountain West. Are they first place in the Mountain West right now? No, Air second Force place is. behind Air Force. Yep. So, wow, the Mountain West right now, Air Force, UNLV, Wyoming, and Fresno State. That is a loaded conference in the top four. Outside of that, they really don't have much going on for them outside of Boise State, maybe Colorado, Utah State when they're good. But um, that top four is menacing. That's four really good teams at the top. Um, but, yeah, man, that is going to do it for our preview show pretty much talked about all of the games all the interesting games pretty much uh this week um i'm super excited for saturday uh i've, I've worked a couple saturdays this season unfortunately uh, my job i am able to watch the games though uh i don't get to choose which games i get to watch but i do get to watch some <laughs> games so but i made sure i had this saturday off had to be seated sat and ready to go for this florida georgia game super excited this is our Super Bowl, man. You know, this is our Super Bowl. This game and the Florida State game and the LSU game and the Tennessee game. Those are our Super Bowls. So, got to enjoy this one. Win or lose. Probably lose, but definitely win. <laughs> but, all right, uh, any, anything else you want to get into? Anything else you got to say before we get out and out of here? No, I think that's it, man. All right. Everybody, please enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy the football. We will be back. Uh, probably Monday to recap it all, react to it all, and continue to take us through college football. We are already at week nine, man. Feels like just yesterday we were doing the week one episode and we were so excited. Um, the thing about college football is it is a sport that we will cover year round because even in the off season when we're not playing, there's recruiting, there is movement in the transfer portal with the coaching yes, staff. And all a whole bunch of other shit to talk about. It's never a dull moment when it comes to college football. So make sure you guys tune in every week as we will be here talking about the football games and talking about everything else in between. Appreciate all the love and support. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Pigskin Live. Follow me at Swank Soul S W A N K S Zero L E. Follow Steph at Styopa S P at S T Y O P A S P. Uh, we're trying to build a community, get interactions, and really just grow on those platforms as well. That's what this is all about, man. Dialogue and just doing what we love as fans and just talking about and consuming our favorite sport. So until next time, we'll catch y'all. Peace. <laughs>